This is the Become a Media Maven podcast. If you're new here, hi, I'm Christina Nicholson, your host. And if you follow me on platforms outside of this podcast, like if you follow me on social media or if you receive my emails, then you will know that last week I did a training on how to get on local TV. I think it was a little broader than that, but with some Q&A coming in, it ended up being more of how to get on local TV. And I did this live on my brand new YouTube channel. I will link to that training in the show notes for this episode because it is still on my YouTube channel. So if you wanna check it out, it's about an hour long. I go through a lot of um, teaching and training in about 30 minutes. And then the other 30 minutes is me answering questions. So. I got a lot of great feedback from it, and I wanted to kind of rehash a little bit of it here on the podcast today, and then I also have some questions. So I posted, um, hey, I'm doing this training. Let me know if you have any questions, and people asked questions who were not on the live training, so I didn't get to answer those, so I'm actually going to answer them in this podcast. So... This is the way this episode's going to work because it's a little different than other ones because this is going to be almost like a media training, step-by-step how you can get on local TV. So I'm going to tell you how I do it, how you can do it. I'm going to go through your objections because I know right now you're already making excuses on why you're not ready and why you can't do this and why it's not a fit. And then I'm going to take some of those questions that people have asked me wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. So the first thing I'm going to do, because I know you're already saying I'm not ready for this, because that's actually the most common response I get from people when I talk to them about earning exposure in the media. And then I always follow that up with, well, are you ready for a new customer? Are you ready for a new client? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready for people to know about me. But you're not ready to do what it takes to be known? Doesn't make sense to me. So I want to start off by busting a myth, which is you have to be a big brand. You have to have lots of money. Or you have to be a household name to earn coverage whether that be on local TV or online or in the newspaper and magazines, even as a guest on podcasts, that is not true. That could actually not be further from the truth. And I don't know why people tell themselves that story so often. I think maybe you're watching TV and you're just assuming that people are there because they're a big brand or they have lots of money. Yeah, sometimes that's the case. But that's usually the case when they're advertising. Because advertising is expensive. It costs lots and lots of money. So if you have lots of money, then you're usually a big brand or a well-known name or you just have lots of money. But we're talking about earning coverage. We're talking about helping a journalist do their story. 
We're talking about being newsworthy and making yourself relevant to what is happening now in a certain area or in a certain industry. That's how you're going to get coverage. And you can do this before you even start a business. All you really need is your expertise. So before I go any further, I just want you to get that thought out of your head. You can be a secret. You shouldn't be a secret. But if you're a secret right now, it's okay. You can still get coverage. So get the coverage so you're no longer a secret because people can't do business with you if they don't know about you. But you can totally be unknown. You can be in debt, not even making any money in your business. One of my favorite stories to tell is of a startup company. They weren't making any money. It was a side hustle they did at nights and on the weekends. And they were in debt. And I got them in three months. I secured coverage in so many places for them, local and national, including the Today Show. This was a small brand nobody knew about not making any money. So if they can do it, you can do it. As an expert in your industry, you can earn TV time. Now remember, you can apply a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today to other facets of the media industry. So when I say TV time, you can also substitute TV time for podcast time, online space, um, magazine articles, newspaper mentions, things like that. But for the sake of this episode, we're going to talk about local TV because local TV is kind of my jam. That's what I've done my entire career. That's what's gotten me to where I am now. So to earn that coverage on local TV, you just need to be an expert in something. And people tell me, again, I'm going to address these objections because I hear them all the time and they're just so ridiculous to me. People say, yeah, but I don't have, I'm not making any money yet. Okay, that's fine, but are you still an expert in something? Like, what do you do all day, every day? And I'm not asking what you're passionate about. I really don't care about what your passion is or what you're passionate about. Because the truth of the matter is, people don't pay you for what you're passionate about. If you watched American Idol back in the day and you saw people singing during the audition process, they were so bad, but they were so freaking passionate. Should they get a record deal because they're passionate about it? Hell no. You get paid for what you're good at. So what is your expertise? What are you good at? What do you do all day, every day, or have been doing for years that people would pay you for? That's your expertise. It doesn't matter if you have a big business around it. All that matters is that you can share your expertise and help a journalist get your expertise out there into the masses because they need your expertise to help them do their story. And by doing this, you can set yourself up as a regular on TV as well. And that comes into play after you earn the publicity and you turn it into profit. The journalist is going to see what you're doing and they're going to be impressed by it and they're going to appreciate you sharing that they're going to invite you back. And that's how you get set up as a regular on TV. I do this as a local family blogger in South Florida. And I work with others who do this exact same thing. So let me give you an example of what I do. It's not something that's really a part of my PR agency. It's not something that's a part of my media mentoring program. It's something 
that I've always done, which is being on air on local TV. And it's something that I continue to do because A, it's just a fun creative outlet for me. My family blog or my lifestyle blog is something that I do when I have time on the weekends. And it's, I guess you could say it's almost like a family project because most of what I do with the blog, I do with my family. So it's almost like a fun excuse to work with my family and get paid for working with my family. That's one reason. The other reason is that it's good for my brand. If you're a blogger and I'm teaching you how you can earn TV time as a blogger, then I should be earning TV time as a blogger. There are so many people, not only in online business, but just in the business world in general, who are selling things because they're good marketers not because they're good at what they do or not because they practice what they preach. I am a firm believer in practicing what I preach. I think like every other day I get a direct message on my Instagram from somebody telling me they can build my Instagram following with real followers and engagement. And one, I'm not interested in vanity numbers. I don't care how many followers I have on Instagram. You'll never see me throwing a party when I hit 20,000. I care about what those followers do for my business or do for my brand. I care about the people behind the numbers, not the numbers themselves. But these people who are sending me these messages about building my Instagram following, I always go back to their Instagram. They always have less followers and less engagement. And I'm like, who are you to tell me you're going to build my following when it's already bigger and more engaged than yours? And not only that, your entire following is full of people from the Middle East. That is not my avatar. I don't work with people from the Middle East. Very rarely is anybody from the Middle East hiring me or paying me to help them get more visibility. So you should be practicing what you preach. And that's why I still update my lifestyle blog. I'm still updating my social media as a lifestyle blogger because I work with a lot of bloggers on increasing their visibility in the media. And I think it's very important to practice what you preach. And when I talk to you about being an expert in your industry, this is where it's very important for you to practice what you preach. If you are an expert on SEO, then you better be getting on the first page of Google for a few keyword terms. Again, going back to social media and people reaching out to me. I get messages on LinkedIn almost every other day from people who are supposed SEO experts and they wanna help me increase my chances of getting ranked in Google. And I'm thinking, well, if you did that for yourself, you wouldn't have to message me because you you would have so much damn traffic that all the leads would be coming to you. So again, When you're setting yourself up as an expert, you need to be practicing what you preach. If I Google you, am I going to see this, that you're an expert in your industry? On my website, when you go to my media page, I have dozens and dozens and dozens of media hits for myself. That's because I practice what I preach. So as a blogger, I digress a little bit. As a blogger, maybe that's why I don't do many of these episodes where I'm just ranting and I swear I'm giving you a training in here. I promise. Just hang with me. As a blogger, I get local TV time. 
and I show up on a regular basis on a local TV station. I work with others to do this too. I don't only pitch monthly segments to the producer that I have built a relationship with at the TV station, but I also ask the producer what she wants. So I'll pitch a story and she'll be like, oh yeah, that'll work, let's do it like this, we get it scheduled, we execute it. But then when I don't have anything to pitch, or a couple of weeks later, to be nice and to help her do her job, I ask her what she wants. What are you looking for? What can I help you with? I did this recently and she said, I would love to do local Christmas gifts. Like these are locally owned businesses. You can shop local and get great Christmas gifts for friends and family that you can't buy on Amazon. I was like, that's a great idea. So I went to some of my contacts and I said, what are some cool local businesses with unique local products? And I reached out to all of them, probably six or seven, four responded which like shame on the two or three that did not because this is free media exposure in front of tens of thousands of people in your ideal market, in front of your ideal customer. So like note to self, make sure you're checking those Instagram messages and emails and responding to people. (laughs) So I put about four on air. It was a great segment. Not only was it on TV, on air, in front of tens of thousands to see, But I also created a website script, so it got on the website, which gets even more traffic. And on the website, it's pretty much there forever. It got link backs to those products, to those businesses, which is good for SEO. And then obviously, I shared that on my platforms. I wrote a blog post also linking back to those products and those businesses. So that's double SEO right there. I shared it on my social media. I tagged them on social media. So that's something that I did to help the producer do her job. And then when I amplify it on my end, I'm telling people, look, I'm on WPTV talking about this. Go watch WPTV, which is the NBC station in the West Palm Beach market. So WPTV sees that and they like it because I'm telling people to go watch them. And then I'm sharing it on my outlet so my audience can see, look, I get on TV and I promote products. I teach you how to get on TV and promote products. Aren't I a great person to learn from because I'm practicing what I preach? So it's a mixture of pitching something that's a great fit and it's a mixture of just asking the producer or asking a journalist, a reporter, an editor, a booker, what do you want, what do you need, what can I help you with? So let me tell you how I make money doing this. Because this is important to know, because you obviously aren't doing this for fun. You're probably not a 501c3. You're not a nonprofit. And even if you are a nonprofit, you still need to make money. Nobody asks for more money than anybody else than somebody who runs a nonprofit. So you got to get the money, honey. This is how I get paid. When I show up on TV and I promote it, like I just explained how I do, I am setting myself up as an authority in my industry, and I'm giving myself a lot of credibility. Because most bloggers do not have regular segments on TV. Most people who run PR agencies do not have regular segments on TV. And if they do, they're usually the big, big agencies who pay for that coverage. And when it's paid for, you don't get the authority and you don't get the credibility. 
because it's an ad. It's very different. So I do it for my brand. And by doing it for my brand, I also increase revenue in my business. One time I was doing a roundup. I think it was, I do these so often, I forget the topics of all of them, but I think it was a back to school roundup. I don't even remember. It could have been a spring break roundup, actually. I think it was a spring break roundup almost a year ago. And I showed a brand of sunglasses. It was one of the products. That company's competitor was tracking everywhere that their competitors were linked. So they saw this coverage and their competitor reached out to me and they said, hey, uh, you put my competitor on TV. I want to know how I can get that coverage. And I said, well, that was something that I do for my lifestyle and family blog. But on a regular basis, I run a PR agency and I can actually do this for you with the help of my team or I can teach you how to do this yourself. It just depends on what your budget is. Do you have the budget to pay somebody to do it all for you or do you need to learn how to handle it yourself? And he said, oh, no, no, we have the budget. We want, you, we want to pay you to do it all for us. We worked with lots of PR people in the past, and it didn't work out, but we're going to give you a try. We're going to try you for three months. I normally work with six-month contracts, but I gave this guy a break. I tried him for three months. Almost a year later, he is still a client. And that was all because I put his competitor on TV, and he noticed And he wanted that coverage too. And we've gotten him, I mean, I can't even tell you the amazing coverage my team and I have earned for this guy and his company. Um, But that's that's an example of how you doing something to increase your authority and credibility can lead to coverage. And I'll give you another example. And I'm not going to use myself for this one. I'm going to use one of my media mentoring clients. She pitched a segment to a local TV station. And she put uh, a roundup on TV. Some included products, some included ideas and some things that she made at home. Well, one of the products contacted her or the PR agency of this product contacted her and said, oh my gosh, you just put us on TV. That's awesome. Thanks so much. And she probably tagged them in a social media post or linked back to them in her blog post or they, they, they got wind of their mention somehow. They could have been monitoring the coverage as well. And she said, oh yeah, this is, you know, something I'm working with somebody to help get me more visibility. And this is, you know, something I'm going to start doing more of is these local TV things. Um, and they said, great, we would actually love to work with you and hire you as a host. So if you do book these segments, you can host them and we'll pay you to be our spokesperson. So she basically turned into a TV host and the face of a brand because of this publicity. Not only that, but when she started doing PR on her PR, as what I call it, promoting the fact that she was just on TV for her expertise, she started becoming a regular contributor to other outlets in her niche and in her industry. So more brands were coming to her because she was seen as an authority figure. She was seen as credible and she was seen as an influencer in her space because she landed that one TV hit and she told everybody about it. 
then she puts that on her website. When she pitches other local media, she includes that. Hey, I've also been here, here, and here. That sends a message to the media. This person is credible. They're an authority in their space. So we feel like we are safe putting them on our air or quoting them in our magazine. Finally, I want to end with this on how you don't get paid because this is something that a lot of bloggers are doing and I can tell you as a former journalist where I actually had to follow laws and rules and regulations and be ethical, you cannot directly charge brands for TV time. You cannot do that. So many people do this. They say, I'm doing a segment on what's coming up here. We'll say Valentine's Day. I'm doing a segment on best things to buy your man for Valentine's Day. And I only have a spot for five placements and it's going to be $500 a placement. This is not allowed, people. I know you think this is how it works. And a lot of people are actually doing this. But let me tell you, if a producer knows you're doing this or if a news director knows you're doing this, you will be banned from the TV station. Let me tell you something about TV. At most TV stations, actually at every TV station I've ever worked at, the first floor is for the newsroom. The second floor is for the sales department. It is the sales department job to sell advertising for the TV station. By law, if somebody is paying for coverage, it needs to be disclosed. You need to say it is an advertisement. So if you are charging somebody money to be featured on TV, you somewhere on the TV, whether it be a lower third on the screen or words out of your mouth, you need to say that brand is paying for placement. If you don't say that, you are breaking the law. And you can be fined, but most likely the TV station that you are appearing on will be fined. And that is why a news director or a producer or the general manager of the station will ban you and never work with you again. Now, if you want to charge people for coverage on your blog, that's how you make money, that's how you sell advertising, that's fine. Charge them for coverage on your blog and present it that way. You can say, I'm doing a roundup for Valentine's Day. Here are five products. If you would like to be included in this blog post, the fee is $500. Every once in a while, my blog posts get picked up by a local TV station. If that happens, this will be a bonus for you. But the fee is for coverage on the blog and my own social media. That's how you can handle the situation. You can never charge people for coverage on TV if you do not work in sales at the TV station and if it is not disclosed. And so many people do this. And let me tell you why this is so wrong. One, besides the fact that it's illegal. Two, this stuff is not guaranteed. You are a local blogger showing up for a segment. One day, I went in for a segment and there was breaking news. I think Donald Trump said something crazy, so there was breaking news. And they aired a press conference with the Trumpster for the whole hour. And my segment did not go on air. I recorded it and it aired the next week 
But many times they'll just say, oh, sorry, it didn't work out. Come back, you know, for something else later. So what are you going to do when that happens? And people are giving you money for coverage, coverage that you cannot control. You don't own the TV station. You're not in advertising. You cannot sell coverage. You cannot sell ad space or ad time on an outlet that you do not own. So keep it to your blog and keep it to your social media. Do not charge brands for TV time. That is not how you make money from this. Again, this is for your authority. This is for your credibility. This is for people to come to you. This is a lead generator. This is not a direct sales kind of compensation deal, people. So don't ask brands to pay for coverage. People do this with online outlets. And I referenced this in my TEDx talk that I did a few months ago in Boca Raton. I talked about the topic of the talk, and I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode. It's only seven minutes long, so you can take some time to watch it. And you can hear more about what I was talking about. But the the topic of the talk was why fake news is your fault. And one of the many points that I made was that this is what people are doing. They're becoming contributors to online outlets or they're landing coverage on local TV and they are illegally, against FTC guidelines, charging people and charging brands for coverage when they don't own the outlet. And to a viewer, it looks credible because it looks like it's earned media. It looks like it's editorial coverage. And it's not because you're not disclosing that you're being paid for it. And people are believing what they're seeing and what they're reading when really maybe the person is there not because they're an authority, not because they're credible, but because they're paying for that space. It just holds so much different weight when it's paid for. So I will link to that talk. You can hear a little bit more. I go into a little bit more detail about what's being done in the media industry and how it's really ruining the media industry because people don't know what's real and what's not. And it's not just these contributors who are messing up. It's the media outlet themselves because a lot of them know it's happening, but they're so hungry for more and more content that they just let it happen and they turned a blind eye. And they just kind of sit around and wait for somebody to give them proof to stop it. But um, I think the moral of this story is to not charge brands or people for coverage unless you work for that outlet and you're in advertising. Okay, so let me finish with how to get this coverage. And this is like a quick, short version. Again, I'll link to the YouTube training where I go into a little bit more detail But I want to start off by saying it's not about the press releases. For the love of God, stop writing press releases. And I'll give you a perfect example. I'm on this sociopath, psychopath, narcissist kick for some reason, and I really need to stop it because it's got me paranoid. And I actually just started taking karate lessons for this reason. I feel like I need to know how to protect myself after watching Dirty John and everything on Oxygen and the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix and all of it. But I was watching um, the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. It's a four-episode documentary, fascinating, people are crazy. Dear God, women, learn how to protect yourself. Anyway, they were showing a clip, you know, they were doing all these interviews with, like, law enforcement from the 70s. And this police chief said something about, 
writing a press release and sending the press release out to let everybody know what was happening. And I thought, dear God, they were doing this in the 70s. It is 2019 and people still think this is the way to get coverage. Mind you, also in this Ted Bundy documentary, they were talking about how Law enforcement didn't know how to communicate with each other because if things happened in different jurisdictions, they really had no way of knowing what was going on. They had to use fax machines when they did communicate with each other. There was no way to do DNA testing. Like, look at how much has changed in our world. Look at how much has changed in the media industry just in the past 10 years. So let me tell you this. If press releases were relevant and worked in the 70s, It is not the same today. So just like that myth that we busted at the top of the show where I talked about you don't need to be a big brand, you don't need to have a lot of money, you also don't need to be writing a press release. So get that out of your head. So what do you do instead of a press release? Great question. Instead of a press release, you literally write five sentences. You write five sentences that explain three things. These are the three things that your pitch should include. You want to make it timely. Why should the journalist, why should the editor, why should the producer, whoever the hell you're writing, why should they they do this story right now? And I just gave you a few examples on some of the segments that I do. Spring break, um, back to school. The example that I gave was Valentine's Day. Those are all timely topics for local TV segments. That tells the producer, if you don't do this now, we're going to miss our opportunity. Local places to shop for Christmas gifts. Every segment that I do has a very timely element to it, and that's why it works every month. Two, you need to make sure you are the perfect fit for the story. Why should they talk to you? This goes back to what I was talking about before. See, you guys, I tell you, there is a method to my madness. You may think I'm rambling, but I'm not. I'm telling you all of this for a reason. (laughs) I told you that you need to be an expert in what you do. Doesn't matter if you're getting paid for it. The idea is to get coverage to get paid. Like that's another excuse people make. I can't do this because I don't have money. Well, you don't have money because you're not doing it. Like people will tell me, oh, I really want to hire you. I want to get your media mentoring program. I want to work in your online course for $9.97. I just don't have the money. Well, why don't you have the money? Well, I'm not making any money in my business. Well, why don't you think you're making any money in your business? Because nobody knows about me. Well, what do you think this course teaches you? How people can find out about me so they can do business with me. It's like, come on, people. What came first, the chicken or the egg? So going back to your expertise, it doesn't matter if you're making money. If you're not making money, it's because people don't know it's your expertise. So you have to tell the producer, the journalist, whoever you are pitching in the media, why you are a fit, why you are an expert. What do you wake up every day and do all day? I don't care if you're passionate about it. That doesn't mean anything to me. Are you good at it? What are your credentials? Why are you good at it? You need to tell them why they should cover you, why you need to be the quote. And then finally... Why the hell should their audience care? And I can honestly tell you, this is like the biggest mistake people make in pitching. They would send, first of all, they'd send a long ass boring press release that nobody would want to read. 
and the entire press release would be all about them. It would literally be like a bio about them or them and their product or them and their service. And it's like, why does my audience care? Why do the viewers care about this? Why why would anybody take time to cover that? It's so overly promotional. Again, when I'm doing these segments as a local family blogger or a local lifestyle blogger, very rarely do I talk about my blog. The only time my blog is mentioned is when I'm introduced. They say, and with us today is Christina Nicholson from the local family blog, ChristinaAllDay.com. And Christina, you've brought this today. And we go into, oh, these are great products for, for Christmas. You can buy them locally. You can't get these anywhere else. Let me go through them. One, two, three. And then at the end, and you can find out more on our website, WPTV.com, or head to Christina's blog. That's literally it. I'm not pitching I'm a lifestyle blogger, this is my blog, yada, yada, yada. I'm pitching my expertise. I'm a local blogger, so I'm gonna talk about local products, local places to shop. I'm a family blogger, I'm gonna talk about back to school things you need to know as a family. So why should their audience care? Take you and your promotion out of it. Because let me tell you, that's gonna happen by default. I just gave you two examples of how I earned business from these segments, how one of my clients earned business from these segments, and these segments had nothing to do with us or our blog. It was our expertise. It was what we blogged about. So when you do pitch the media, you want to make sure it's timely. You want to make sure that you are a perfect fit. You're an expert and this is why. And you want to make sure, most importantly, that this is a fit for their audience and you're telling them why it's a fit. And then after that, you need to be doing PR on your PR. I mentioned this earlier. Remember, I'm not rambling. (laughs) I may just be going back and forth a little bit. You need to do PR on your PR. When I'm at the TV station, I'm taking pictures and I'm tagging them. I'm adding it to my website. I'm taking that logo and I'm adding it to my marketing materials. I'm sharing that with potential clients. I've sent those clips and I've said, look, this is what I do for you. If you're looking for more visibility, this is an example of what I do. And you can hire my agency to do this or we can teach you how to do this yourself. So you really want to take that exposure and treat that as something that you're going to act as a publicist on and get the word out. Because that's where you're going to see the ROI. And everybody who says they invest in PR or they hired an agent and it didn't work, there's two problems. One, the agency sucked. And unfortunately, that's very common because lots of agencies know nothing about the media and how the media industry works. So that's one problem. The other problem is that you are not leveraging what you are earning. You get that coverage and you think, oh, tens of thousands of people just saw that. I'm good. I'm going to blow up. It's going to be amazing. No. Yeah, a bunch of people just saw that. But guess what? It lasted three minutes. And then after that, they forget it's gone. You have to remind them. I was talking to a friend of mine who's in this exact same space. And she she sent me a Voxer. And she was like laughing because she saw somebody on social media post that they got a mention in Forbes, so their business was going to blow up. They were just going to sit back and wait for the speaking gigs to roll in. And I'm like, this person clearly has no clue. And whoever is teaching them this has no clue. Do you know how many articles Forbes publishes in a day? 
hundreds. So why does one mention in one article make you believe that it is going to impact your speaking career and you're never going to have to work again? You're just going to be a professional speaker. Now, you can leverage that Forbes article. You can share it strategically. You can tag people. You can add it to your media kit or your press page. There's so much that has to be done after you earn this coverage. So after you pitch, you get the publicity, and then you turn it into profit. I'm going to go on and answer some questions that have been asked, but I do want to let you know with that idea, pitch to publicity to profit, you can learn how to do that step-by-step in a free three-day media class. Day one, pitching. I go into detail on what I've touched on here. Day two, earning the publicity, which I really haven't touched on here. So that's a good thing to watch, pay attention to in day two. And then day three, turning the publicity into profit, which I also touched on in this episode. You can get access to that at mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity. If you go to my website, mediamavenandmore.com, you can see how you can access that right there on the homepage. But directly, I will link to it in the show notes for this episode, but it is at mediamavenandmore.com slash publicity. Okay, let's get into the questions. And some of these questions um, I may just fly through because I probably already answered a few of them in the past half an hour. Okay, so Haley says, what do I need to have, experience, content, whatever, before I reach out so that my pitch will be taken seriously? Haley, the biggest thing you need to have is your expertise. I mean, you just need proof that you're an expert in what you say. Like when I Google you, what do I find? Do I find a Facebook page with a bunch of political rants or do I find a website that sets you up as a clear expert in your industry? Because people are going to search you and then they're going to look and see what they found. I had a client who lost an opportunity at Good Morning America because her website didn't look good. It wasn't professional. And the producer at Good Morning America said, we cannot put this woman on our air because when people go to her website, that's going to make us look bad because her website doesn't look good. So you just want to make sure that whatever you're pitching, if you have a product, you want to make sure you actually have the physical product to show. If you're a service-based industry, then you want to make sure you're an expert in that service. That's really all you need. If we're talking TV and we're talking something visual, you obviously want to have those visual elements. I'm not going to do a roundup of things to buy for your loved one for Valentine's Day if I don't have the physical products to put on a table and show. So if you want your pitch to be taken seriously, just make sure you have what you're pitching. You know, you have everything ready to go and you want to have it ready to go quickly. The media works fast. My reference um, that I shared with my media mentoring client, she literally pitched the TV station on Monday and they wanted her in Wednesday morning. She was shocked that it happened so fast. And I was like, yes, honey, this is live TV. Like we need to fill time. That's how it works. So you just want to be ready to go when you pitch. Alexandra asked how to pitch ourselves. What do they want to know about us? What makes us interesting to them? And Alexandra, it's pretty much the same thing I just explained to Haley. What do they want to know about you? They really, I mean, they just want to know you know what you're talking about. It's more what do you have to share with their audience? What makes you interesting to them? It's not about you being interesting. Again, you don't want to be promotional. It's not about you. Unless you're Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk, they don't really care about you. I mean, I I know that doesn't sound nice, but I'm just being honest. They don't really care about you. So you need to make it about their audience. 
What makes you interesting to their audience? What makes your product or your service or whatever your expertise is, whatever you're pitching, interesting to their audience? And if it's interesting to their audience, that's one. Number two, they want to make sure you know what you're talking about. And then you're good to go. Okay. Again, Haley, she says, I live in Nashville. Love Nashville. Haley, I've been there once. I can't wait to go back. So local media would be a big deal, but also podcasts or as a writer for publications in one of my niches. And then she says HR or business strategy. Okay, I would say pick one, Haley, because HR and business strategy are two totally different things. HR has its own niche. Business strategy has a much bigger industry, so I would have to even get more specific on business strategy. Local media, we kind of covered that in this podcast. Podcasts. That's all your expertise. When you're a guest on your podcast, you are just talking about your expertise. So again, we're going to go back to who is the audience? Why do they care? Why are you the person to tell them this information? As a writer for publications, okay, I'm going to go into this in a future episode because I think it's great to write for publications. That really increases your authority and credibility. For a year and a half, I wrote for Inc. Magazine. I've written many articles in Fast Company. In Huff Post, I had one about the media industry go viral. That was in Huff Post. Um, I've written for Thrive Global, Today Parents. It's very important to take the time to write for other publications because it does establish you as an authority figure and somebody credible. I do not suggest paying to write for publications. Forbes has this thing called the Coaches Council, and they have different segments of the coaches council depending on your industry where believe it or not you actually pay Forbes hundreds of dollars to write articles for them and people just do this because they either can't land a contributor role and they just want the quick easy shortcut to write for Forbes so they can share with their audience look I write for Forbes but what people don't know and what the coaches council doesn't tell you is that First of all, not only are you paying them, like it's an advertisement. You know that. But I think by now you should know, if you follow me at all, that advertisements just are not credible. They don't set you up as an authority. They're ads. Anybody can buy an ad. But once you write for the Coaches Council, you can never be a contributor to Forbes. And when you're a contributor, it means so much more because reason number three, when you write for the Coaches Council, your articles are not indexed by Google. So if I search for your article, I'm not going to find it. And that's because it is a paid advertisement. And by law, ads are supposed to have no follow links. So the links aren't going to do anything for your SEO. And the articles are not going to be found in the search. So it really is something that people do more for the looks of it to say they write for Forbes and to show an article with their byline but I wouldn't recommend it for those three reasons. But I do think it's important to contribute to outlets. Um, And there are many that you can contribute to. They're always looking for contributors because people just want more and more online. So definitely do that. Okay. Katie, similar to Haley's question, what is the media looking for? I think I kind of already answered that, so I'm going to go to the next one. Business owners told lots of places and business, okay, business owners are told to promote themselves and to seek to have others promote them, and then you get shot down for being too self-promotional. 
I know many who just don't try for media because it's too hard to figure out. Yeah, and Katie, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's too self-promotional. Unless, again, unless you are a big name in the industry, unless you are Gary Vaynerchuk, why would they promote you? It is not the media's job to promote you. It's the media's job to tell a story to their audience, to educate and entertain their audience. It's your job as a publicist, if you're going to act as your own publicist, it's your job to help them do their job. Because when you go in with the mindset of I'm trying to promote myself, it's not going to work. And you may be thinking, well, I see a bunch of people getting coverage and it's like a great free commercial, like it's super promotional for them. Remember, I told you that the promotion happens as a side effect. The client, the startup that I got, who wasn't making any money in their business, I got them coverage on the Today Show. And let me tell you, that was a pretty good free commercial. Like, it looked super promotional. It was an amazing story. But the story did not start and end with this startup's product. It started and ended with a newsworthy story, and the product was mentioned. So again, take the I'm trying to promote myself out of it, Help the journalists do their job telling a story that will educate and entertain their audience. And as a side effect, you will get the promotion. I think the problem here is too many people, they try to go too hard too fast. Like people think they can post something on Facebook and a million people are going to become new customers. Like build it and they will come has not existed in years especially online, especially in the media. So people need to get out of that mindset. You need to be patient with this process. It's like playing the stock market. You don't invest in a stock, and then the next day you're rich. You invest in stock, you be strategic, and over time it increases. So, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head as far as being too self-promotional. I wouldn't say don't try for media because it's too hard to figure out. I would say change your strategy and change your mindset. Don't look at it as instant ROI. Look at it as lead generation. And after lead generation comes ROI. It's not about sales. It's about visibility. And I have lost, let me tell you, in my agency, I lose a lot of clients because I tell them it is not my job to get you to sell more things. It is not my job to get you more clients. It is my job to get more people to know, like, and trust you. After that, if they want to walk in your store, if they want to go on your website, if they want to call you, then that's on you. I don't do sales. I do marketing, and the marketing leads to sales. Okay. Taya Rose, you want to know about an event you're hosting. You're doing a launch party in a couple of months for your husband's clinic, and you want to invite the press. Okay. Events are trickier just because, again, they are promotional. So what's the idea behind the event? I recently had one of my media mentoring clients do an event in Tampa. Um, Shout out to Vanessa. Um, And she recently earned coverage on local TV. And yes, she mentioned her event, but most of the conversation was about women in business and women being entrepreneurs. That's how she promoted her event, by talking about the importance of the event and the reason of the event, not the event itself. If you're an author, this is how you're going to promote your book. You're going to promote your expertise, which is the contents in your book. You're not going to get coverage for your book, again, unless you're a celebrity, Unless you're Teresa Judice from the Real Housewives of New Jersey who flipped a table 
and made national news for it because she's on a national TV show, nobody's going to invite you on to talk about your book if they don't already know, like, and trust you. So you need to be promoting the reason your husband has a clinic. Well, what does his clinic do? Why is it important? Why should people know about it? That's what you're going to get the coverage for. And then you're going to say, and it's so important that we're hosting an event and we're having an event. So that's how you get coverage for an event or for a book, for example. Okay, and finally, Valeria, who, Valeria, if this is you, I mean, that's not a common name. I did a giveaway in the YouTube live that I did just a few days ago, and I gave away access to my online course, and Valeria won it. So if this is the same person, you will probably get this answer to your question in the online course, but for everybody else listening, I will read it and answer it. This is the last one, folks. What are some other ways to connect media and blogging other than pitching yourself as an expert to be included in a live or print segment? Are there any other? Can you or should you offer to write a piece for them? Okay, so this happens a lot. When you do pitch them, they'll come back and they'll be like, great idea, I'm overworked and underpaid, can you write this for me? And you want to say yes and you just want to do it. Many times that happens. Um, I've, I've even had people do that for me. When I wrote for Inc. Magazine, I would be like, hey, I have this great idea. Can you help me? Um, I don't have time to do an interview. This is the question. You know, write a little bit about it. And I would work it into my piece. Just because, again, remember, your job is to help the journalist do his or her job. So you give them everything they want, everything they need on a silver platter. You're not only more likely to get coverage, but you're more likely to be invited back for more. And then finally, um, my last piece of advice on that is to use Harrow. Help a reporter out. Um, And I will link to a blog post that I wrote. I wrote it on my blog, but then it kind of got picked up and tweaked for Muckrack, which is um, a marketing outlet um, for people in public relations. And it was about Harrow and how Harrow has gone down a lot um, in recent years. Anybody can post on Harrow. You've got people who make up their own media outlets. They're looking for free products for you to send them. Um, A lot of them post anonymous things. A lot of them will use your quotes and they won't reference you or cite you or link back to you. But with that said, there are still some good things on Harrow. So you just have to be mindful of how you use it. I will link to more about Harrow um, in the description for this podcast in the show notes. I also have a YouTube video coming out soon about Harrow and how to use Harrow to actually get coverage and what to look out for and all of that jazz. So lots to take in on this episode. This is probably my longest episode ever, which is rare because it's a solo episode, but I did want it to be um, very well-rounded and very informative for you. Um, And again, I am linking to a lot of extra resources that I did touch on in the show notes. So make sure you check the show notes out. And Thank you so much for joining me. Next week, I will be back with a guest, and we will pick up where we left off with a great interview from somebody who knows a lot more than me in her industry. So just to give you a little tease, next week, we will hear from my friend, Kelsey. Kelsey is somebody that I met at the Boss Mom Retreat, which is an event that I spoke at in September in San Diego. It's put on by my friend um, Dana Malstaff of the Boss Mom brand. And actually, a lot of these questions that I answered today came from um, people in the Boss Mom community. So shout out to them. Um, But Kelsey was there. She also spoke on stage. She interviewed Dana live on stage um, as part of her podcast. So you will hear from Kelsey about how she started her brand and grows her brand. And it's a deeper episode 
Um, So if you're somebody who likes feelings and talking about feelings, (laughs) then you're going to like next week's episode. But thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to check out those show notes because I link to lots more goodness. And um, let me know if you want to know more about how to get booked on local TV. Because I'm thinking of creating a training surrounding this. A small product, um, not as big as, as my online course, not as robust, definitely a much lower price point. So please let me know if this is something that you want to hear more of because I would love to hear from you. 